Hello, I'm Robin Stratton Burkessel, host of Positivity Strategist. Thank you in advance for listening in. I'm so excited about this episode, and I'm pretty sure you'll experience some aha moments. You'll get some clarity around how you're investing your energy, and if it's on the things that are really important and meaningful to you. The message of today is what you focus on grows. Welcome to Positivity Strategist, a podcast featuring conversations with thought leaders on appreciative inquiry and other leading positive change methodologies, helping you grow your business, your career, your relationships and personal life. Let me ask you, are you aware of what you enjoy focusing on, what you think about a lot? And what are the pleasures and treasures you experience when you invest your energy? And by energy, I mean your emotions, your thoughts and actions on activities and with people that matter to you that bring you happiness and meaning. And where do these activities occur? Do they occur at home, at work, at play, all of the above? Maybe your life is so amazing that they all intermingle. And when you experience these meaningful and totally absorbing activities, you know you're in the zone. You're so engrossed or so absorbed that you lose track of time. You're in that flow state that's a luscious state of feeling at one with the activity. Artists, such as musicians and writers and photographers, painters, dancers, know this experience as do scientists and inventors and entrepreneurs and athletes and students and lovers. In fact, we all know it. It's the great gift of being fully present and in the moment with the activity. It implies you have a degree of competence or an aptitude for the activity, and at the same time there's a degree of challenge that keeps you engaged. Because if it were too easy, you'd be bored and you'd move on to focus on something different. How would it be if we could get into that zone more consciously? Do it Jones, and that's spelled D-E-W-I-T-T, Jones. Do it Jones, a photographer and motivational speaker, formerly with the National Geographic magazine, created a gorgeous video called Celebrate What's Right with the World. I use it in my appreciative inquiry trainings. The entire video speaks to this topic of what you focus on grows, among other fabulous messages. I'd like to highlight two specific stories in Dewitt's video. On one particular photo shoot, he bookmarks a scene he wants to come back to to photograph. It's a wide open field as far as the eye can see And it's all yellow dandelions. It's like a blanket of yellow dandelions. They're so densely packed. And yet when he finally returns to it a few days later, all the yellow flowers have gone. It now could be seen as a boring field of weeds. Dewitt chooses not to focus on the loss of the yellow flowers. He focuses on the new image nature has provided him. His focus turns to transparent puffballs that are laid out before him. The original vision of the photo he had in mind is gone, 
But did he get annoyed with the scene, with himself for missing out or for nature changing? No, he didn't focus on what went on what went wrong or what got lost or what was gone. He focused on what he now had, glorious puffballs that when the sun rays shone through them offered him beautiful images to photograph that he had previously couldn't have even have imagined. He focused on what was to be celebrated in this new situation, not what he had lost. Another memorable scene for me in that video took place in a tiny Irish village. Dewitt was on assignment to photograph an elderly woman who was a legendary weaver. He was in awe of her craft and her generosity in allowing him to wander around and take as many photos as he wanted on whatever subjects took his fancy. He tells the story that he thought he'd be smart and he asked her what she thought about when she was weaving. She looked at him in a very humble way and replied, I don't think of anything. When I weave, I weave. Such a beautiful example of being graciously in the moment, in the zone, and focusing on what she was best at doing. This is such a beautiful video, Celebrate What's Right With The World. When you check out the show notes on positivitystrategist.com forward slash focus, you'll find a link to do its site and be able to see this video. You'll be changed by it. Talking about a field of yellow flowers, I'm reminded of travelling in Tuscany and Italy and being awestruck by fields of sunflowers. If you've ever gazed across a field of sunflowers, you know how breathtaking it is. It makes you want to jump for joy. They're bright, big, yellow heads all face the same direction to form a bright yellow blanket of sunny faces. And that's what's so special about sunflowers. They actually turn their heads to face the sun. They follow the sun from dawn to dusk. They grow in the direction of light and warmth, just as we humans. As sunflowers turn to the sun for light and energy, so too do we humans grow and light up with great energy in a field of abundant, sunny appreciation and positivity. We literally light up when basked with appreciation. I'm reminded of the quote by American psychologist William James, who said, and I'm quoting now, the deepest principle in human nature is the craving to be appreciated. So if we focus on what serves us well and is energizing to us, we flourish. With more positivity in our lives, we are likely to create a life that enables us to flourish rather than languish. The positivity principle of what you focus on grows states that the topics or subjects we choose to put our attention to or study are fateful in the sense that they not only determine what we learn as we focus on them, but they actually create it. They grow it. Each of us has our own backgrounds and interpretations that we bring to all experiences. We look at something and we describe it as we are from our own perspective, from our own view of the world. For example, when you look at a piece of art, or you watch a movie, or you read a poem, or you listen to some music, you'll have your perspective about it, 
and so will everybody else have theirs. There are as many interpretations as there are people. Remember Dewitt Jones in the field of puffballs? He didn't see it as a field of weeds, and he'd lost an opportunity to make something of it. No, he saw this new information as a new set of possibilities that offered him something to celebrate. He knew if he focused on what was working, he could do something with it. It's just how we talk about stuff and the language we use to talk about ourselves and our families and our friends and our colleagues, our bosses, our politicians and our country that reveal how we see the world. It's how we show up in the world and how the world shows up to and for us. You know, we see the world that we describe, not the other way around, because what we see is based on our prior experiences and they totally influence us. When we describe scenes, we create distinctions that determine and influence what actions we'll take. It's our language and the words we use that shape and create multiple truths and realities and potentially shape our destinies. For example, if you describe your workplace or your family as environments where people can grow and are nurtured and valued, you're creating a very different reality and seeing a very different picture from someone who might describe their family or workplace as a prison or where people are treated as, as, as cogs in a wheel or the workers are zombies or the managers are heartless robots. Language shapes reality. Recently I work with a big corporation They wanted to bring greater diversity and inclusion into their workplace culture. To make that a reality, we did some fabulous work to identify what topic would focus the conversations and gather the best stories of diversity and inclusion that were already being lived out in the organisation. Through an appreciative inquiry process, we worked out the best topic to focus on was... Freedom to step outside of our comfort zones. Why? Because what they had already found out in this organisation from the conversations they had been having during their research phase and data gathering is that when people in the organisation were free to be themselves, they felt included and their diversity was accepted and celebrated. So by shining the light and focusing on the best stories of diversity and inclusion, enabled acts of diversity and inclusion, which then facilitated greater acts of diversity and inclusion. And it began to grow more because, as I mentioned earlier, this positivity principle of what you focus on grows tells us that the topic or subjects we choose to put our attention to, or we study, or we focus on, are fateful in the sense that they not only determine what we find out, but they actually create it. Through the appreciative inquiry and positivity lens, we consciously seek what we want more of, not less. So what we focus on are the solutions and outcomes we wish to create. 
There are so many examples of this principle in all walks of life, from raising children to evaluating employee performance to attending to health and wellness. So just think about it. Do we place our attention and energy on the behaviours and outcomes we want in our children, our co-workers, in our own health and wellness programs, so that we actually begin to create what we're working towards? Or do we place a lot of attention on the things we want less of? When we place sincere effort on the attributes we want to see and can let go of those things that no longer serve or support, we have greater chance of success in achieving our desired outcomes. Here's another example. If you wanted to help a couple reduce conflict and you began to ask them about their conflicts, what caused them, what they were about and how often they had fights, the conversation would be all about their fights and their conflicts. They'd be replaying scenes of conflict in their minds. Now think about it, would you be helping them move beyond the analysis of their conflict towards envisioning the possibility of no conflict? Absolutely not, because what you focus on grows. You'd be focusing on conflicts, not on what they're seeking to achieve. So if the focus were to shift to times when they were truly together and they listened to each other and they were respectful and supportive of each other, and when they were present to each other with compassion, their minds would replay a totally different scene. They'd have a different picture. They'd be describing something different. They'd be reconnecting with times when they were there for each other with interest and care. So when you inquire into deficit situations, you learn more about the causes of the deficit, and in this case it was conflict. And it doesn't help anyone learn anything about what it's like when there's no conflict or when conflict is absent. So when you study someone's conflict, what opportunity do you have to learn about their respectful, compassionate, loving relationships? So it would appear to be more sensible then to focus on respectful, loving, compassionate relationships. And the same thing happens if you keep studying fear it's unlikely you're going to learn anything about love. So here's something else for you to think about. How deeply programmed are you to focus on the problem side of life versus the developmental side of life? And if you have children, do you see them as children with problems or do you see them as children with great developmental opportunities? And how do their teachers see them? And in your workplace, How do you see your bosses and your co-workers and your leaders? You know, it's all embedded in the beliefs that we have, which are reinforced through our language. The language we use shapes our realities. So I leave you with a final question. What are you growing in your life? Where's your focus? As I sign off, thank you for listening. I hope I've inspired you with some ideas and strategies about how you can increase greater positivity in your life through paying attention to where you focus your efforts. The more you focus on what you want to create in the world and what you value, the more you will create it. 
When we seek to look for the best in ourselves and others, we are likely to find it. Appreciative inquiry searches for the best in people, their organisations and the world around them. You can view our show notes for today's episode number one on positivitystrategist.com forward slash focus. Thanks for listening to Positivity Strategist, where our goal is to introduce you to a range of people and perspectives to help you grow your business, career, and personal life through the lens of positivity. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to positivitystrategist.com forward slash podcast to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or with your favorite podcatcher. I would be extremely appreciative if you would subscribe, rate and review Positivity Strategist podcast. You can help spread the message and your ratings and comments help a lot.